folks. Thanks for stopping by Kaiser's Castle tonight. Nice treat. We have uh, Holland Van Der Neuen Hall fun, and it will be a uh, outstanding show, um, as it always is with him. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about Memorial Day. You know, it's the last American or Memorial Day is an American holiday, and it's observed the last Monday of May. And it honors the men and women who died. It's not Veterans Day. So I always say this every year. Because Holland being a, a veteran, myself being a veteran, we both get the frustration when people say thank you for your service on Memorial Day. Because we're thinking of those who have died. And a little bit of the history of it, um, it used to be called Decoration Day. Okay, that's legitimately what it was called. And uh, it started, well, the first time it was actually uh, done at Arlington National Cemetery was General James Garfield. Yeah, the same man that became president and everybody made fun of for being fat. Uh, He made it. He was the first one to make a speech or 5000 participants decorated the graves of 20,000 Civil War soldiers buried there. And uh, then, of course, it became Memorial Day. And that was to encompass, you know, all the other wars we'd been in after that. And so that's kind of an important thing for Americans to remember because during this time, yes, it's festive because you get together with your family and you get the free day off or whatever, but there's more to it than that. And so... Try to keep it in your heart that this is a day, it's a sacred day. If you enjoy your freedoms that you have, those men who died, and I call them, I don't know how Holland will phrase his thing, but I know he's a true patriot. Uh, Those men who died, to me as a veteran and, and even a combat veteran, they're better men than I. And that's just the way I keep it in my soul and heart. And your thoughts on that, Holland? Well, they are. They uh, shared the ultimate sacrifice. They sacrificed their lives for those of uh, their fellow brother and or sister, their fellow countrymen, so that we may, uh, in our decadence, enjoy the fruits of uh, their labor and sacrifice. Now, this isn't a glorification of violence or war or an excusal of wrong-headed foreign policy. Because all of that is above the pay grade of those who go out and actually have to uh, get in the line of fire because they're ordered to. They joined up in a time when they knew that would happen or it just happened out of the blue. They joined in the peacetime and all of a sudden – we're at war, and now uh, you are going to have to risk your life, and now, unfortunately, you're going to sacrifice it. And it is that willingness of our citizens to shoulder the burden, to stand between the hearth side and home, and uh, the future and the enemy's uncertain fate that guarantees that we as a nation continue to exist. And America has a proud military tra- tradition. We can be we can be happy that is so. Not every country can boast of its military prowess or military exploits. 
But those exploits were performed due to dedication and sacrifice. And that is why we remember those who have been slain. I've lost many friends who died entirely too young overseas. Men I know who are better men than I. One in particular I have to remember because I didn't, I didn't know he died until just a couple of years ago. Didn't know that he had been dead for several years. I didn't know he had been dead for several years. He was just a goofy kid when I knew him. I got out of the Marine Corps. He re-enlisted. I often wonder if I was one of the reasons he, he re-enlisted. I don't know. I know he looked up to me. And, you know, I learned just a couple of years ago that he died of an IED explosion in 2003 or 2004, at the very beginning of the war. And that made me very sad. Private York, then when he died, Sergeant York was a very good man. I know his parents must have been devastated by his loss. So it is incumbent upon us, the survivors, the benefactors of his sacrifice, to ensure that he did not lie down in vain. And that's my two cents. That's awesome, brother. And and I I echo every word that you said. Um, one thing that um, I want to annotate before we get off this portion, um, it was called Decoration Day because you notice every veteran tombstone has a flag on it. And, of course, families come and put flowers and friends and loved ones. Um. But um, that's the time that you remember those people. And you can still, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you see Private York, Sergeant York's face in your mind every Memorial Day <clears throat> since you found out. Yeah. And we all do as veterans because we know the hardship. We know the sacrifice. And the joy of being a Marine and the, we call it a, the suck for a reason. Because it sometimes sucks. Most of the time it does. Yeah. But uh, we have a fraternity, uh, a loyalty, an honor. And we try, I guess that's, I guess that's the point of it. Even with their loss, we learn something and we become better for that. And it's always tragic because this is a game where most people die young if it is wartime. And I, I can't remember what the Bible verse is. I think it's I think it's John, but it, I could be wrong, and I probably am. But for he so loves uh, the, the world, the man who. Uh, dies for others or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, so it's not an exact quote. His brother, yeah. yeah, who dies for his brother, yes. So anyways, uh, after that somber opening, thank you for stopping by Kaiser's Castle. Grab yourself a key seat on my big orange couch. Grab yourself a coffee, tea, soda, and or adult libation. And uh, just relax and, and, and chill out. And we'll discuss uh a little bit about 
you know, Holland, and he's the focus of this today. As a veteran, also, he is a veteran. And um, he can start it off with, we talked about a subject briefly, but he can go where he wants to go, and I'll follow through with him. Indeed. So where do you want to lead us to today on this grand adventure? Because I know it's going to be one. Well, we can cover current events, which are these this day and age always uh, mill for the grist, grist for the mill, or we can broach a new subject. Um, speaking of veterans, you know, and our loss of our freedoms, it was something that you just, that we were discussing earlier. You and I was the very veritas latest um breakthrough whistleblowing discovery uh two facebook uh whistleblowers came to project veritas detailing the hidden algorithm that deprives those that facebook considers to be vaccine skeptical or resistant they use an algorithm to dampen their voice uh on that platform this is a secret algorithm um and surprisingly facebook when faced with their own documents rather than uh deny or ignore they did acknowledge that the documents and the policy is indeed is indeed theirs and that their mistake was in keeping it secret that they should have made the policy public rather than known only to those internally and at the high level. Uh, obviously, this is just damage control and a competent, you know, uh, uh, a move that that's a smart move to try to own it and diffuse uh, moral blame. It's very smart. But the fact remains that they have been using their platform to silence those who are hesitant to take a drug that is not approved by the FDA. And despite all of the propaganda, which that's that is, is what it is, emanating from Big Pharma and the federal government and Bill Gates, Bill Epstein's buddy, about the safety of these new vaccines, you must also remember that they have not been through the VA approval process. They're literally non-FDA approved. They have been granted authorization for emergency use pending outcome of clinical trials, which are ongoing. And I have read this information firsthand. The clinical trials for these vaccines, these mRNA vaccines to treat COVID-19, do not conclude until 2023. Another two years that they're still testing this drug. I hesitate to call it a vaccine because it does not confer immunity by their own admission. They claim that it's lessens chances of infection 
and let lessen symptoms uh, if and indeed you do become infected. They haven't provided any data on this, but this is what they say, and I hope they're true. But it is extremely dangerous, for example, for the government to be recommending that pregnant women take this vaccine when quite literally, and I hate using the word literally because it is misused so much, but it's the only word that people will understand these days. That's how dumbed down we've become. They literally did not test the vaccine on pregnant women, any of them. In fact, they excluded, they cut out pregnant women from the limited study they performed. In fact, they did not perform any studies on those over 55. They did not administer this drug, this so-called vaccine. They did not test it on anyone over 55 before it was authorized for emergency use. And in fact, I've read the requirements for the study group. Not the control group, the study group, the one they're administering the experimental vaccine to. They, the criteria was they desired and requested the healthiest possible individuals under 55. If you're a woman, you had to prove you're on birth control or prove that you were not pregnant or have a statement whose veracity is charged under uh, a possible charge of fraud, if they're wrong or lying, that the woman had not had sex in the past 28 days. They wanted to be very damn sure they did not test this thing on fetuses. And yet now, Biden and the federal government and the CDC and on Fauci and all the other scumbags are recommending that pregnant women take the vaccine. Now, that is highly hazardous, extremely hazardous, need I say not. And this is not an anti-vaxxer argument, pro-vax versus anti-vax. That's an entirely different subject because that's not what this game is. Because if you are pro-vax, indeed, you should be horrified for the sake of your own argument and future arguments that the government would drastically slash the vetting process for vaccines and possibly damaging your position forever with this reckless experiment. That's what it is. For example, not too long ago, drugstore CVS, the chain drugstore CVS, discovered that an entire batch of its COVID-19 vaccines were fraudulent, that it was not the actual vaccine in the vials. It was saline. Yes, saline in a marked lot of vials of vaccine. Now, saline is, you know, artificially produced salt water, basically to some extent, for lack of a better term. Saline is also used as a placebo in medical experiments and clinical studies to study the control group and the effects thereof. Therefore, they were tracking the placebo group 
by those who had taken the saline rather than the vaccine. Of course, this was discovered and the company apologized abruptly and said it was simply a mistake. A mistake. I don't I'm not sure how that occurs, because if you're accidentally filling up vials of vaccine with saline, you could be accidentally filling up vials of vaccine with almost anything under the sun. With fentanyl. Yeah. Surely a safety investigation would be warranted, but no, no, no. Nothing to worry about. Don't worry about the don't worry about the saline. And you shouldn't, but you should worry about the fact that they're testing the vaccine now on us. And you should be even more worried that expressing your well-founded skepticism of the intentions and competence of the CDC, the FBI, the Biden administration, and Big Pharma in general should not be silenced, as it is by their own admission once confronted with it, by Facebook, which is not, as they will lie to you and say, a privately held space. It's like going into someone's house or home and saying whatever you want. You're not allowed to do that. No, it's not. The internet is public space. It was built with our tax money. Facebook itself was started and operates on our tax money, on our grant money. We are paying for Facebook. We paid for its foundation. We pay for its current maintenance. Facebook is ours, not Zuckerberg's. He is supposed to be our servant, not secretly dictating to his minions, literally behind closed doors, about what or what not we, the people, are allowed to discuss amongst ourselves. That's what this person fancies himself to be. That's the situation which we find ourselves in, which Project Veritas has shed some light on. So that is breaking news in the world of current events. It happened today or yesterday, I believe. And that is the truth that we all knew to be true, but now we know for sure. It is proven on paper. That's absolutely correct. And and here's how I'll tell you something that blew me away. Uh, this is for real. Now, you know, during the Gulf War, uh, the first Gulf War, that's my first combat. Um, we were injected with experimental anthrax vaccines. Mm-hmm. They weren't mRNA vaccines or MDMA vaccine, whatever they call it. I don't, you know, it's MDMA, MRA, whatevs. It doesn't matter. It's still experimental. Just like the local drug dealer will give you. Uh, but I did take the Johnson's vaccine, the one shot, because I was like, one shot? I know they tell me all these things that could happen. And also, and that anthrax vaccine was not FDA approved. We took a drug called paradistosamine bromide. It was nerve agent pretreatment. You took three tablets, one every eight hours. And you had to take that tablet in front of your NCO. If you remember how that works, brother, if they gave stuff like that to you. And uh, it was made in Amsterdam and we were taking it 
and everybody, thank God, we it all didn't affect us all at the same time. But literally, this I almost killed myself because of this. And when I say killed myself, it was because I went to grab for the antidote for nerve agent. Everybody, I woke up one day, it was like I was vibrating. And unfortunately, when I was in the Army, they had built the live nerve agent training center. And... Uh, and Aniston, Alabama, well, and it's still a training center in Aniston, Alabama, the old Fort McClellan. And you would see they'd have people drive in and uh, chemical core guys, and uh, they'd be masked up and stuff. And then, you know, everybody else would do what they had to do or whatever. Uh, but they would have a goat tied up. And you would see the goat vibrate it's actually i can't even describe it to you and uh but that was just to give you confidence that the mask will work whatevs anywho so i wake up and we kept our three shots of two pan chloride and uh atropine in our mask and they gave us one for volume one uh auto injector for volume and that was in case you got hit with a blood agent, because all that does is make your death easy. And you were supposed to hit it into your hip. Well, anyways, that would have killed me, because if you know what those two drugs do, uh, because I woke up shaking, and then I'm talking. At the end of it, after the war was over, we're all talking in the barracks back at Camp Pendleton. And... I was telling my story and my roommates were like, yeah, that happened to me too. You know what calmed me down? I looked over, Salazar sleeping, Clay Camp sleeping. You know, everybody in our, in that little area was sleeping. And I was like, okay, calm down, calm down. There's something wrong, but it's not, these guys are snoring. They're, it's not nerve agent. And I'd already pulled out the first atropine, bruh. And I was about to jab it in my leg, and I'm like, calm down. And it took me probably 15 minutes to walk myself down. And then I went back to bed, you know. This is after a 16-hour night. Um, so I was exhausted. And then went to work, and, you know, you don't talk about that shit, you know, whatevs. Anyway, so I, I got the Johnson shot. The next day, I'll tell you the day it was, because the next day this happened, because here's my little certificate. 4-12-21. That, that was the day I got it. Well, 4-12, or it would have been 4-13-21. Guess what happened? They took Johnson's off the shelf. Now, at first I was like, what? What happened? You know, and so now I'm kind of nervous. And, and uh... But not really. I mean, you know, it's it just a thing. And I didn't have no side effects, so whatevs. But the interesting thing about it was when I researched it, they were all women. And they were all taking birth control. And the only reason I realized what this, what actually happened was my mom's boyfriend of 26 years, because they never got married, but, you know. Um, he died a month after she did. So that tells you everything about he died of a broken heart, whatevs. But here's the funny thing about that. His first wife, the wife he had, 
died from the same thing that woman died of, and all those women had it, bleeding intestines because of birth control. She was taking birth control, and this is in the 60s, 70s, somewhere around there. And it's just the side effect for birth control. And so I'm like, okay, much ado about nothing. But it did cause me to wonder, and and that that was one of the reasons why I didn't take the two doses, because I'm like, why you got to hit them with two doses? It didn't make sense to me, even though anthrax had series one, two, three, and then four for some. And so I'm like, okay, why are we doing this? And with you saying, that's the first time I ever heard about the, uh, the, uh, uh, saline shots where you just brought up Holland. This is why the, I love Holland. Cause he, he find he delves deep into the sewers of the internet and he'll come up with the answers. And, um, I was like, why'd you take it off the market? What are you doing to that vaccine now? Because it's a one dose. And they did it to the other one dose, too. But they didn't take the two doses off the market. And it still wonders me. Your thoughts on that, brother? Well, yeah. Uh, what are they doing to it? There is no transparency on that side of the aisle. We're just uh, told to dampen all doubts and take the drug and be the clinical trial for Big Pharma. And here's the thing. Usually, when you take part in these studies, you get paid like $20,000 per oh, person. Yeah. It's, it's not a pittance. It's significant money to do this, uh, to put your life and health at risk to test a drug is it can be a fairly good living if you're willing to take the risk. But now they don't, they don't have to do that. They don't have to pay out the nose. And, they, and also they have legal liability for many bad effects. I mean, if you trust Pfizer to act ethically when they have proven they cannot, when faced with legal liability, they still act unethically. When you remove legal liability, how do you think they are going to act? Suddenly, for no reason at all, start acting responsibly when they have no reason to. And in fact, now they have every reason to be irresponsible. They could load that all of those vaccine vials up with saline and not get in trouble. There is no legal liability. They won't do that. Likely. And here's the thing also. Likely, they're testing different variations on their vaccine on different people, keeping track of it through the lot numbers and tracking effects. This is the clinical study, is it not? Well, perhaps they should be doing that. And one thing that I found strange about India, although it dropped from the news up until about a week ago, it was daily news, the upsurge in India and possible emergence of new variants of COVID-19 in that country. Well, India's vaccination rate has been excellent. According to their standards, they have not faltered in vaccination. And 
and it, what's interesting is that the vaccination spike in India that begins when vaccinations became available on mass scale in that country coincides exactly with the spike in infections and fatalities that they're currently experiencing, according to the numbers, at least. That is very strange. Or it could just be the fact, natural occurrence, this is the monsoon season in India. And people spend more time indoors. They don't get sunlight, and therefore they do not generate vitamin D, especially if you're a dark-skinned person. And poor people usually aren't investing in supplements. And what is proven, what is not in doubt, is that the virus cannot penetrate a human body cell that is infused with vitamin D. It's a repellent. It's a chemical equation, a mathematical certainty that if you have enough vitamin D, you will not become infected. And the fact that India is most likely suffering a deficit of vitamin D right at this moment is likely adding to their fatality spike. What do you think? Brother, I, I think that, but you know, another thing that's really funny that I do think, you know, India, uh, this was during the whole COVID thing, and a lot of people didn't remember this from the press, because the press, I opened the soda, uh, the press wasn't reporting on it. India defeated China when they tried to take uh, some of their bases along the border, because India has a border with China, and they've been having a war. In the Himalayas is a fact. And it's been for as long as I can remember, since the 60s. Yes, they have fought at least half a dozen wars over those border regions since the inception of the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah. Um, they are dire enemies. And who is who are all of the vaccine manufacturers in bed with? China. Where are the vaccines manufactured? China. Who is China's enemy? India. Where's this weird fatality spike happening? India. So, So, yeah, go ahead. so, So maybe those vaccines that were saline were meant to go to India. You know, they're just too much. You know, you open up Pandora's box with questions. Or maybe the, the the box of vials directly from the Wuhan lab got sent to India. You know, the the benefit benefits of uh, gain of function research on how to make back coronaviruses deadly to humans. Maybe that's is what is being siphoned off to India right now, and what they're injecting into their veins. And remember that the Bill Gates, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and the Nation of India are at loggerheads and have been for uh, nigh a decade now because the nation of India ejected and banned the further work of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in their country because they proved and discovered and proved that the Gates Foundation was purposefully, knowingly sterilizing Indian women without their consent that they were with the vaccine with a vaccine 
Okay. A vaccine that Bill Gates has bragged about for decades. Vaccines, he says, that he's going to use to cut the human population. Not to increase life, to decrease it. And India discovered that the Gates Foundation was sterilizing poor women against their knowledge and will. Which is a grave violation of the Nuremberg Code. And the Gates Foundation was summarily ejected from the country and not allowed in since, probably for their own safety, mind you. And so India does not have a whole lot of friends on the stage that is seemingly offering to help them. In fact, there might be a few enemies. And the fact that India is suffering right now may be the result of some of those enemies. I can't doubt you on that, and I wish I could, but it does stimulate more questions. Like you said, I, here's my opinion. I've never stated it publicly just because of my show, but this won't go on YouTube, so I'm not really worried about getting Angel banned uh, because it's not going to go there. Um, what I will tell you is I believe this is a biological weapon, and it, it, here's the release, and and. It matters not whether it was intentional or unintentional. It does in one way. If it was unintentional, but they were quick to tell everybody this just happened. But everybody seems to forget. I was on a flight March 13th going to a job. I stopped in, quote unquote, the most infected place on the planet, Brazil. Okay, never got it. Never got it. And I haven't worn a mask during this entire facade. And it wasn't because uh, I was trying to do a protest. I got COPD. I can't wear a mask. And that's because I smoke too much. But that's okay. I bought the ticket. Take the ride. Here's the thing. I look at it like this, folks. I had to fly back with coughing kids from embassy staff. And, you know, the embassy staff overseas love to marry the indigenous pop. And, you know, I, it was the first time I hadn't flown first class or business class in a long time. And I was like, Jesus, I'm going to probably get this. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I got a comorbidity. But, you know, who cares? Who, you know, whatevs. So <laughs> the funniest part is nothing happens. Except for, now my phone was dead. By the time I called my wife in Atlanta, I was on nothing. And I've said this for decades, too. And I'm going to segue this into Facebook. Because I'm going to, I have a long memory. And on my page, when I found out I I was uh, being silenced, and it's only because a bro of mine uh, who looked into everybody in our little community... Uh, said we're all being silenced. I mean, my wife and son have to actually go to my page to see anything. That's no bullshit. My wife who lives with me and my son who's in the Marines. So the funny part is that China knew it had a virus about December or November the year before. 
and they were keeping it hush hush. And then that one doctor leaked, and then we started getting video, and then they shut that down from China. You know the the panic videos, right? People falling over, standing on the street, and all that silliness to get everybody hyped up in fear. Well, that's real or not, who knows? But you know where they didn't ban flights coming into the U.S., Europe, or anywhere else in the world? Wuhan. Now, here's where it gets. It was either intentionally done, i.e. the people of Wuhan unknowingly got exposed to it, but the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, knew. I guarantee they knew. At least the military did, because that's who runs the Wuhan lab that we funded, thanks to Fauci. And then that uh, thing that really gets me is even unintentionally. Unintentionally, if, oh, my God, people have flown out of there and we're going to stop it right now, that's what a responsible government does. And then they search for the answer. No, no. What what China do? They called Trump racist when he banned flights. Uh, well, his their cohorts in the Congress and the Senate called him racist for banning flights from China. And so did a lot of European countries. So I believe it was a biological weapon unleashed on the American people to soften us up. And the sad thing is, it's a shit test. It, this is an old computer term for us. Well, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an old groiper. I'm not a troll. Uh, a shit test only means see how much you'll take until you push back, right? Well, we didn't push back at all. We took it through people hoarding toilet paper or any kind of paper product to wipe their asses with. You know, the, the old joke was after this is over, they're going to find 300 million Americans dead with pristinely clean asses, you know, because of morons. And it, it really is. It proved most people in the mask thing, that's to depersonalize you. You know, I, I've worn a mask as a guy doing work, okay, overseas. And I know why that is. That's to induce fear. But why did we put masks, and you know about this, for rendition and stuff, and, and goggles with blackout, and then noise sensory equipment over their ears, it was to dehumanize them. And, and the American people failed the shit test. And that's my two cents, my thoughts. You run with it, brother. Well, yeah. Uh, as Jeffrey Prather of the Prather Point said, it was a psychological warfare test is like during the first Gulf War, which he served in psychological operations. He was talking about how they dropped all these surrender leaflets over enemy lines. And whenever they came in uh, with one of those in their hand, that became a data point to prove how successful their program had been. And that's what that's what the mask is, too, to see how successful it is. And it is used to dehumanize you. That's why Muslim women are forced to wear, you know, the burqa or the hijab, or, you know, whatever the difference is, I don't, I don't know. And uh, because it dehumanizes females, robs them of their identity, of their self-assertive authority, um, of their strength, of, the, of everything. It is used, uh, in, for example, in Ottoman Turkey, 
slaves, many slave classes were masked uh, uh, as a mark of the slave. And masking someone is a denunciation of their humanity. It robs you of your ability to communicate uh, with people in public. And I'm not just talking about by the voice, but by facial expression. And it robs you of accountability in many respects for your actions because everyone is now anonymous without making great effort to figure out who someone is. So we all become strangers to one another. We can all demonize one another if they're not doing what we think is safe for the herd. Although the herd is now a myth because we don't all don't know who each other are now. The mask was a psychological uh, warfare ploy. And here's the thing. I do believe myself that the lockdowns and the masking and all of that was supposed to be much more prevalent. They were expecting it to be much more successful and they weren't expecting the states on an individual level to fight back successfully against all of those restrictions, which they have and now have pretty much rendered any further federal efforts moot, was because they wanted the election to be held entirely, the general election for the president, to be held entirely under lockdown rules, an entirely mailed-in election conducted digitally away from prying eyes. So the massive fraud that they carried about, carried out to hand the election over to Joe Lunch Pell Dinner Plate Biden, the most boring, lame candidate since perhaps Kerry. I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell who is more boring, Biden or Kerry. I don't know. That's a hard one. They're almost the same character. Although Biden is conceivably uh, more crude and dirty than Kerry, if that's possible. And uh, somehow beat President Trump when no metrics, no bellwether counties, no red flags signaled a Biden victory is imminent besides the few still uh, surviving pollster, pollster, pollsters who are still taking a check from the Democratic National Chair to put out fake polls. That whole industry was absolutely discredited in the 2016 general election. Uh, they offer no explanation as to how they got their their calls wrong in that election. None of them called it for Trump. Trump won. Those same companies called it for Biden this time. But yet this time Biden won. So I do believe the virus was a political weapon. As much as it was a military weapon against the people of the United States and the world. It was designed and was successful, successful in that regard and helping to remove President Trump from office. And now that Joe Biden, China's best bestie in the history of presidents, is now sitting on the throne and has now initiated an investigation into the origins of the coronavirus, we can be assured that China will rest easy knowing their boys in charge of that and knowing that they have succeeded for the most part, and that our military, 
I'm sad to say and ashamed to say, did nothing about it. Nothing. Here, Here's what I have to say about Joey Beans. I don't even call him anything else, okay? I won't, I won't call his name. I'm not giving him even that honor. Uh, he's the asterisk guy. You know, he he is who he is. You know, whatevs. I, I care less, you know, and I call him Joey Beans because that's probably what he eats, looking at his frail statue or stature. It doesn't matter. He, he's he's funny, whatevs. Uh, but here's here's my thing. The investigation, there was one going on under Trump. State Department, look, State Department, I've worked around them. They're about as left and communist as you'd want, right? But you know what an investigation by State Department does? It allows freedom of information. Joe Joey Beans decided to give it to the IC, the intelligence community. Guess who doesn't have sunlight rules? The CIA, FBI, and all the other agencies that do it. DIA, you know, NSA, whatevs. So all those agencies don't have to tell the American people anything. So Trump was wise to have the investigation going on there, and they were still doing it. He ended that investigation to give it to the IC. And he did. Look, his son and him have made a lot of money from the Chinese. Why not? Why not cover everything up? And that's what he's doing. You know, Nixon got impeached, well, almost got impeached for a lot more, had to resign. But guess what? If he resigns, we get an even bigger moron. But a lot of women like to vote for because she had a vagina. It's 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 absolute clown world. And I, you know, last I looked, Martin Luther King, he wasn't talking about men or women. Or color. He was talking about the content of a person's character. Not the color of their skin. And I don't think he ever delineated whether a woman or a man were better than each other because we both have our roles. But hey, now we got 78 different sexes. Your thoughts? Well, it's funny you mentioned Martin Luther King because the leftists have... He'd done basically a shadow campaign against Martin Luther's legacy. They're not going to out, come outright and attack him outright, but I have seen subtle shade thrown his way because his message is not the message they are preaching, and they don't like people throwing his message back in their faces. So Martin Luther King is not cited by Black Lives Matter, not remembered, not talked about which is rather strange because that would seem like an easy reference point for you to uh, claim credibility for your cause, cite Martin Luther King, but they won't because Martin Luther King preached equality and nonviolence. And BLM is not about equality. That much is quite obvious. It is about racial division. Because the people that BLM have chosen as their martyrs have, as far as I can tell, to the key, 
have been rabid scumbags. You know, George Floyd was a career criminal. Communist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, uh, he was a crackhead. I mean, there's no other word to say it. Did you see any of George Floyd in the store before the police came? Hell, he's got his own IMDb page because he's got his own IMDb IMDb page because he acted in a porn movie. You think Hmm. that's a joke? Go to Pornhub. I was sent that link. George Floyd's in a porn. Yeah, Uh, and they've chosen a series of marchers for their cause. Here's the thing. I'm not decrying efforts to hold police accountable. And in fact, I don't mind a little pushback against police heavy handedness because, frankly, I was tired of seeing headlines that, you know, six cops shoot 10 year old death kid 20 times because he refused to heed their orders, you know? And then they would get out and get away with it. Headlines like that were getting old, okay? Your mic's, your mic's away from your. Uh, face, I think, brother. Okay, I had my finger over it. I'm sorry. Uh, headlines about 10 cops shooting, you know, 10-year-old deaf kid because he didn't listen to what they were saying. You know, that's only a slight exaggeration. Stuff like that was getting old. Okay, if the police needed some accountability, I'll be the first to say that. Okay. From the crowd I was running with, we were calling out cops decades ago for overstepping their bounds and for being their own little club when the heat came down. But that being said, what we're witnessing is not an organic response to bureaucratic uh, ways and means of doing things. That, That is just the nature of government business. What we're seeing is a demonization of police for the purpose of destroying local police. First you demonize, then you destroy. Now, why do they want to destroy the police? And I will tell you why, exactly why, and why it all makes sense. They want to introduce, and they have talked about this, a federal police force, where the police from the bottom up are not controlled by your local community, by a vote of the people at the county level, They want a federal police force patrolling the back hills of Arkansas all the way to the streets of the neon-lit New York City to be working for the same government agency. And if you think uh, the post office is going to run the cops better than you will as the people, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. That's laughable. And despite all the propaganda, the police at the local level are responsive to local concerns when the local people are backed up by the federal government. Okay, they are accountable. They have to be if they follow the laws. And they have reformed a lot of the more abusive behavior in response to public pressure. I've seen that. If you haven't noticed If you're obeying, uh, even if you're not obeying street laws these days, you're not getting pulled over these days. It's just not really happening. (laughs) The cops have backed off traffic enforcement, and that is awesome. (laughs) Well, but see, that was also stressed by 
county and cities that, you know, they needed numbers for tickets. I mean, you know, I, I, I get that. I Fortunately, I was a federal cop. But the one thing I used to say, you had 1983 color of law. And 1983 color of law was a, uh, a civil remedy, okay? But you also had 1984 color of law. And that was instituted under Reagan. And that was criminal penalties for police. If you do the, I used to call them the Feasance brothers when I would instruct. Miss Mao and Nan, those triplets, the Feasance brothers, will get you into prison quicker than anything. Miss Feasance, Malfeasance, and Non Feasance. And th- these are things that are real. And uh, attorneys can kick that in. And because discovery and everything, I mean, you, you can go through somebody's record who's a cop like, like it's cool. But, you know, police do make mistakes. So I'm, I will say this. I, I, I am, I understand why they have some limited liability, okay? Because, you know, everybody's going to make, dude, anybody who's ever been a cop has had, and it doesn't matter with what agency, They've had complaints. And when those complaints come in, federally, I can tell you, they took that shit seriously. And you had to answer for it. If something happened, they go through it with a fine-tooth comb. Whatever agency you're working for will do that. Their personal responsibility agency or um, uh, uh, what do they call it in, in, in... States and cities. It's uh, less of the ATF. Uh, well, yeah, the ATF has a heavy hand, and that's the problem because um, they got. Here's the thing: they under Homeland Security, they were brought in to DOJ when they used to be with Department of Treasury. Mm-hmm. Under Department of Treasury is where they belong because they give taxes for guns, alcohol, alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Their revenue. They're the Their ones who chase down the stills in the back hills of Tennessee, trying to make them hillbillies uh, pay up their taxes. Or put them in prison. But see, yeah. that's another whole thing where everything in America, it's a pay to play scheme. Um, that's why in my state, you have people with 13 DUIs. They did it the right way. They bought a lawyer. The lawyer went in front of the judge, and you had to pay for the court cost, the bailiff, all those people. that That's in that court cost for that time. And then you took the punishment, which could be a fine. Because notice there's always a fine or... Jail time. And that's the reality of it. If you can pay, you can play. Why do you think OJ skated? So there's just so much that we could pick apart on that because I'm, you and I are in total agreement on things, even though we had different life paths. But I was thinking like you. That's, that's the cool thing about Holland. I realized libertarianism is what we're I'm talking about, you know. I realized the truth of things because I was watching it. 
And that's what Trump was trying to get rid of. I said, I've said this my entire, on my channel and on Angel's channel. Angel, if he disagrees or he doesn't remember it, he's free to say so. But I've always said the SES, Special Executive Service, and the SIS, Special Intelligence Service, which is the people that make six figures. Most of those are the problem. You have a couple agencies because they're heavy DOD, but with DO- when I saw that letter come out from the Joint Chiefs of Staff and everybody was talking stick to the plan, and I've interviewed Jeffrey, and Jeffrey's a good dude. He worked for the agency I worked for. Uh, I'll never talk smack about him. I, he's legit, perfect, great guy. Uh, but when I start seeing Q stuff pop up, like stick to the plan, Look, if you've read Trump's books, any of you guys, anybody out there, and he goes by his gut feeling, and he goes in the moment, he he doesn't go by a plan. Mm -hmm. And that should have been the big warning. And these Q-bots, I still don't understand. I mean, Q was real for a while. Legitimately was. But, But everybody who had access to it got locked out. And it was for a reason. But the whole point is, man, everybody, they they like to use this term in the intelligence community. Read in. Are you read into this? Meaning, have you signed off on it? I.e., are you cleared to look at this? For your eyes only, basically. Like James Bond bullshit. But most of that shit's inane. And then when you see the Joint Chiefs of Staff saying, yeah, uh, Joey Beans won, I was like, it's over. Because here's the three the three legs of the stool you need for a coup. Always, this it works the same way. You need the three M's, money, military, and the media. Well, they already had the money in, on the Joey Beans side. They had the media completely on Joey Beans side, pretty much. Even Fox towards the end went towards Joey Beans. They didn't have the military until those joint chiefs of staff got together for that letter. Because I can give you a modern day example. Uh, Erdogan in Turkey. He was being deposed. And he had everything going for, you know, against him. They did not lock down the media. He got on a media channel and said, I'm still alive. I don't know what they're talking about. And the Turkish people rose up. See how this works? If you don't have everything, you have nothing. But they did have everything. They marked their boxes. They ticked their boxes, baby. And that's why it was so funny. I can't remember her name, but she's a liberal, and I actually met her one time. Uh, for a reason, but um, I've talked about her before. Why am I mind dumping her name? Damn it. She's a way lefty. And she's like, everything she's seen with Biden, uh, Joey Beans, is totalitarianism. She is seeing every check mark. She wrote a book on it. Yeah, Wolf. Naomi Wolf. Yeah, and Wolf, by the way, the Wolf family used to own the Columbus Dispatch. Just showing you some local stuff from where I'm where I grew up and and Naomi was one of their daughters. So I, I, this is not coming from, here's the thing. 
where I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, I'll tell you the facts. It was called the largest small town in America. And people wouldn't associate with everybody. If you fucked up on the north, south, or east side, or uh, southern side of Columbus, by the time I got home, I already had a call from my mother. Think about that. My mother be like, what'd you do up there, boy? Hmm? But see, that's how, that's called community. That's what they broke up in America. That's something we need to rebuild. We got about seven minutes, brother. I want you to unload on everything. And hopefully you're the person I hope want, that wants to do a moral show on Moral Day. And we'll cover some of these topics. But we went balls out on this one. And I'm glad I didn't hold back. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a while since I've spoken to the public. So it's been very interesting to engage in this again. Our voices are being silenced. As the the Project Veritas latest revelations show, I mean, continue to show that those of us who are speaking here on this show and those of you who are listening from home or wherever, we have been oppressed, censored for many months now. All of the oppression against free speech has only fallen against one group of people. They tend to be Trump supporters. They tend to be skeptics of the veracity of the safety of the new vaccine. They tend to not like establishment Republicans, although they despise most Democrats more. Those are the people being silenced in the media, in our own personal social media interactions, we are being deprived of a voice. That voice is still there, but it is not being heard. So uh, we have to create our own media, like Mike Lindell of MyPillow. I admire that man immensely, and I really do. He started the MyPillow store, obviously, from almost nothing, became a Trump supporter, faced demonization, forfeiture of sales by uh, being canceled all over the country. For example, Dollar General, the, the Chinese slave labor company, Dollar General, you know, I once found in Dollar General, and I hated being there, I was there on an errand, uh, wrapped up in one of the uh, stacking uh one of the products that they were unstacking was a long, a foot long black human hair. And I thought to myself, this belonged to a slave, an actual slave, not a historical slave, a slave that exists today, who's working right now for a quarter a day against her will, cannot quit her job to make this plastic little doohickey so they can sell it for $5 at the dollar store. You know, Dollar General even canceled Mike Lindell and his MyPillow products. That's the opposition. So what does Mike do? Well, just recently he started MyStore, an alternative to Amazon, which the world has long needed. 
If the word monopoly of monopolies does not apply to Amazon, I think you need to stop using the word because it has no meaning. Richard Bezos, I mean, Bezos is the, well, was until his divorce, the richest man in the world in a very short time. An immense amount of power over public discourse. He owns the Washington Post. He has influenced other major media through product placement and foundation support. An immense amount of political power that he wields effectively because he has not been prosecuted for monopoly. Him and he has gained immense wealth at the expense of small business since COVID-19 began. These are the people who benefited from COVID-19. The big box internet retailers. Not the big box stores, the big box internet retailers. So Michael and Della started an alternative, My Store. It's a catchy name. I think it'll catch on. I think it'll work much better than Trump's social media company he tried to start. Michael and is offering a solution, a viable solution, because he has the means and the acumen to pull it off, an alternative to Amazon. So we must all pursue our own alternatives to the control system that is going on each in our own path with our own resources, our own choices, and our own talents and creativity. That is something that they cannot countenance, they cannot counter, they cannot defend against, uh, is the individuals not acting in lockstep, not even acting in concert with each other all the time, like the leftists do. They, uh, they, They heed the call when it comes down. They do exactly what they're told. Something you mentioned about Trump never having a plan, I think, is correct. It's not necessarily a bad thing, because if your enemy does not have a plan, that means you cannot predict what he's going to do. (laughs) True. Randomness is its own surprise to the opposition. They're, you know, plotting, you know, what a professional would do, what they would do. And Trump tends to do none of that. So it was hard for them to countenance what he was doing. Anyways, I get that. Uh, let the folks know where they can find your stuff. And uh, definitely, folks, on my side, uh, Sword Point Nine on YouTube, it will be tamer. But uh, it's a memorial thing, you know, Memorial Day thing. I hope Holland will be there. If he can't, he can't. That's. You know, everybody's got their things they're going to do on Memorial Day. Uh, If he wants to tape it tonight, we can do that. It's up to him. But either way, he's a valuable person, and I want his information out there so you guys can listen to him, see him, see his – he has the defining video of Oklahoma City. And with that, brother, you run with that, and then I will uh, put us out. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, if you want to look into my work, I'm from Oklahoma, and I wrote and produced, co-wrote and co-produced a documentary on the Oklahoma City bombing entitled uh, A Noble Lie, Oklahoma City, 1995. That documentary is available on Bumble, on Vimeo, on uh, BitChute. And all, it's available for free. There are paid, it's on Amazon Prime too, but I urge you not to pay for it. Certainly don't pay Amazon for it. 
um, because they certainly aren't paying us. <laughs> Anyways, um, but there are free versions available even on YouTube. Just do a search of Noble Lie, Oklahoma City, and you will find a, the version of it. It's two hours long, and it remains the definitive refutation of the official story of Oklahoma City and the FBI and federal government's role in covering up their own mistakes and uh, other truths, other unknown truths in that matter, which I'm sure if Facebook existed at that point, anyone questioning that official story would be silenced according to their secret algorithm. They love algorithms. Anyway, so look up a noble lie, and I am uh, developing my own show, looking for a home, and uh, I will be announcing on here when that does indeed occur. So thank you very much, Chef. Thank you for having me on, and thank you for listening. No problem, brother. You know that. Anytime. And with that being said, folks, I am super thrilled with the show. I'm glad I got a vent because I really haven't vented. Uh, thank you, Angel. Espina. And uh, I, I like to say this. Uh, Kate show, I listened to that before. I always cross-platform promote. Um Listen to that Around the Campfire with Kate. Her, her show tonight was excellent. I hadn't heard it um, until I did. So thank God that I heard that. It was a good show. And with that being said, thank you for sitting on my big orange couch. Grab yourself a coffee, tea, soda, and or adult libation that you got. And I will slowly raise the drawbridge as you meander on off of it. With that being said, shove out.